All right, it's happening. I'm just going to lean back and get comfortable. Okay, well, you should lean towards the mic so oh, okay. I can hear you. <laughs> I'm not wearing socks, so my feet are cold. Why so aren't I... you wearing socks? Yeah, should I go get some? I mean, if you want. I mean, we've kind of started, but... Okay, bye. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, you got socks, then? Got my socks. Wow. They're warm and cozy, and I'm feeling good. Are you, are you happy that you stopped the show to do that? But they don't care. The audience, the audience didn't feel that. I care. 30-second break. I know you don't care too much, but... What about me? Oh, classic. That wasn't this decade, was it? When did four come out? Maybe it was. 2011, didn't it? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was this decade. Wow. Nuts. Guys. It's been a long decade. We've grown so much. I know. But still look the same. (laughs) Even better, some would say. One of our uh, iTunes reviews said, like, they keep looking better and better. Did you see that? No. It's a good good review. I'm Thank reading, you for I'm the review. That. Of Thank course you. you are. <laughs> Everyone keep writing reviews like that. Yes, all the reviews should comment on how we look nice <laughs> via podcast. In our podcast. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Sweet Game Mats podcast. It's your favorite host, Matt Palmer. And your even more favorite host, Matt Steele. Mm, how are you, Matt Steele? I'm good. My feet are now warm. Uh, we just watched the In the Heights trailer together because Matt yes. Palmer is living under a rock and he had not watched it yet. Look, I've had a busy week. It's the week before I go home for the holidays. It's, Obviously, this is a hard week for a lot of people. This is the hard, the hardest week of the year, I would say. It's the tough. week before you go home for the holidays because yeah. it's just like everything is happening. Everyone wants you. Everyone just wants a piece of you. <laughs> and, and, and you're just so exhausted. You're trying to, I always do, I don't know about you, but I always do like my yearly checkup at the doctor this mm. time of year. Um, I always do my like yearly car maintenance mm. this time of year. I go to the dentist like every six months, but like it's always right. like June and December. Right. So I, I, and of course everyone's having Christmas parties and yes. you want to go to all of them and you're just like, ah. I know. There's only so many hours in the day. I mean, I feel like this is what Britney Spears was singing about on Piece of Me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's just about like holiday um, responsibilities that you want to just pass up. Yes. Um, And how are you handling the stress of this week? I mean, am I sick? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) If that's what you're asking, yes, I am. I woke Um, up and I could feel your sickness through the walls. Like I woke up and I'm just like, he's real quiet. And I mean, it was I mean, the thing that I do when I get sick is it's very much like, okay, well, we're just retreating to the bed. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We are going to be living in the bed, drinking water whenever I can sit upright and just staying in bed until I am better. But see, it's like much like when you are angry, you feel it (laughs) on the whole block, like the whole block feels your sickness and they're just like let's be quiet let's tiptoe I mean I'm an expressive person whether it's verbally or through the walls you like, just you send those waves out and I, it's, it's honestly one of your biggest talents like you are a very talented <laughs> person like you you're very a very good conversationalist you're a very good songwriter very good singer All, but the, your number one talent is just creating the mood of the room and you know I'm not doing it on purpose <laughs> I don't mean to make people feel like ooh someone's sick in the hall like yeah. you know it's just it's just like what my pores do. I don't know. The neighbors know. I hope they like knock on our doors and like bring us soup. <laughs> I, I mean, I would love that. You I'm gonna I need to go soup. get soup. Soup's iconic. It's so fucking great. Um, I need to get soup and I also need to get Dayquil because I have a lot of Nyquil available, which you know we love a knockout sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, but I need a Dayquil because I have to be up uh, and do my laundry and get ready and pack and get ready to fly yeah. home to Atlanta. Dayquil's a lifesaver. My entire senior show performance in high school yeah. in our school musical was on a giant Dayquil trip. <laughs> oh no, you were sick. I was sick. I the. D- 
day opening night, no. I woke up and I was just like, no. And I never, I like so rarely get sick. Yeah. And I was just like, oh no, I am legitimately sick. Like everything chills, everything. And so I was just guzzling Dayquil, gave the performance of my life. <laughs> well, there you go. Maybe you should be high on Dayquil whenever you do anything. And also the closing night performance, end of act one, I got a nosebleed on stage. Like my nose just like started bleeding. Wait, why? At the very, very, very end of act one of how to succeed in business without really trying. Do um, people see it? Like when people like, only the actors on stage, okay. but they were just like, <gasps> and they were all like kind of like making faces. And I was like, what? And I just kept going and like performing my little heart out. Um, but no one in the audience could tell. Okay. But also after that, like during intermission, I was just like, I feel so much better. So it's, it, I feel like that's like when my fever kind of broke. <laughs> when your nose bled? <laughs> and my, no, my nose just started, this yeah, my nose just started bleeding. Have I never experience. told you that? How no, my nose started I didn't bleeding because I was sick. I knew, I think I knew the day quad. I didn't know the nose bleed. Oh, I was performing my ass off. Hey, well, there you go. That's what you got to do. You got to push through when you're feeling sick. That's true. You just got to push through and, and fake that smile yes. on stage. Just and more energy. Know, if your nose bleeds, people might not see it. <laughs> so <laughs> it's not, fine. Yeah, no one, literally, I asked everyone after the show and they were like, oh, I did not see that at all. So, Lovely. Yeah. Do you, are you ready to hop into some news? I guess some so, Some news yeah. for idiots Let's this week? It. Okay, so, I mean, I'm going to be talking about it until it is complete, but... The final predictions for this week's Hot 100 came out this today. The final predictions have Mariah Carey at number one. All right, we have to wait until Monday morning. By the time you're listening to this, I'm sure it'll either be solidified that this did happen. Mariah Carey's gotten her 19th number one single, uh, or it didn't, and I just know that I'm crying in a ball. Don't be crying happen. in a ball. It's like we still have two more weeks. I where know, this but happen. like this. I don't know. I just feel like this is the week. I feel like other things could happen in the upcoming weeks. Like I just, I this what feels could possibly like happen? Who's other dropping songs? What? I don't know. Other you songs never know. Too. I just feel like I, I would be nervous about it. But I feel like this week it could happen. It's very. It looks like it is. The prediction says that it is ahead of that Post Malone song, and I just. Which, I how just, does that song go? I, I've never heard. I it. can't listen to it until Mar- Mariah's got number one. So I will have no idea until after the. I fact. mean, would you listen to it anyway? Probably not. But I'm kind of <laughs> curious as to like what Mariah's competition is. Is it a cover know? of Mariah Carey "Circles"? No, but that'd be great. <laughs> She'd have the top two songwriting credits right now on Billboard. I. I'm so happy for you. I'm, I'm so happy. Like you. for the year, almost decade that I have known you, you've just been wanting this. Just another number one, I another know. number one. And just what a number one to go. Cause like, okay, this is going to be a little bit of a downer, but like, let's get real. This could very well be her final number one. Oh, Matt Steele. I, I'm just saying, you know, the music industry is not nice. She's been around for a very, very long time. It would be hard to like, you know, for her to release something I, and be like, oh, she's new and fresh and everything. You know, she's she's a seasoned performer. Right. I do and, think and so she... This, it's hard to get a number one. If she gets a number one here, she will be the oldest artist, female artist since Cher's Believe to have a number one on the Hot 100. Yes, which that was a moment. Oh, that but, was a moment. <laughs> like oh. that, was, that's, that is a moment. <laughs> but, but if it is indeed her last number one, which yeah. we hope it's not because we got to beat the Beatles, guys. And of course, <laughs> she has more amusing music coming out of her. Of course. Pouring through her every we all heard of caution. her body. We all heard caution. Um, what a number one to go out I on. know. And that's the thing. It always was like unfortunate that this wasn't included in her number one singles because it's obviously going to be her legacy at this point is all I want for Christmas is you. And so, of course, it needs to be up there with the upper echelons, the miles, the honeys, the one sweet days. The don't, forget don't, forget don't forget about us. Don't forget about us. Don't forget about Don't forget about us. Touch my body. As if Mariah was here, she'd be like, don't forget about us. <laughs> and you'd true. be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's a good song. It's a very good song. But Mariah loves to remind she everyone. She does. She didn't want us to forget. She told us in the title. So <laughs> I guess we'll see what things are shaking out this time tomorrow. But 
God, I feel like this is the week. I feel like now if JLo wins that Oscar, I will still have a badge of honor. Of course. <laughs> Number one yes. on my lapel. So everyone stream all I want for Christmas is you until it's final and secured and then stream it as much as you want because it's the holidays but now I have to stream it on purpose yes yes <laughs> this feeling. time next week we could be very happy just be like yay yeah. we're proceeding with caution yes proceeding with caution oh, what I was Please. listening to that album against the hands like man that title track Excellent. Yeah. I mean, it's, well, I, I, it's it's truly upsetting to me that that and the distance had no videos. But I mean, I'll, I'll just be upset about it forever, I guess. <laughs> what are you going to do? She had she had she couldn't make new videos. She had to prepare for her new number one. That's true. She had to focus. You. She had to focus. Um, So the Hallmark Channel mm-hmm. is currently facing backlash after uh, rejecting an ad with a same sex couple. So uh, the. Hallmark Channel questioned an ad showing two women getting married and barred the commercial from running in its schedule. Zola, the company uh, that offers online wedding registries and wedding planning services, had been running commercials in recent days that featured a lesbian couple. Uh, Hallmark said that women's public displays of affection violated the cable outlet's standards. Another Zola advertisement featuring a heterosexual couple engaged in similar displays was not rejected. And, okay, this comes on the heels of Hallmark being obviously the stop, like first stop shop for people who want to see bad holiday films, you Mm -hmm. know? And they have, I think, produced like 40 films this year or something like that. And there is not a gay person with a speaking role in any of them. Like, there's no, not even like. We don't speak. Like, (laughs) don't they know that? Everyone knows that. That's true. We are very mute. I feel like as a people, the gays are quiet. Yes. First and foremost. Um, But yes, I uh, think this is bullshit. And I feel like there's so many gays that champion Hallmark movies and Lifetime movies and Christmas holiday movies. That it's like, wouldn't you want to give back to your fan base that loves you? Like, I just, I feel like it's Hallmark Channel vaguely Christian. Is that what it is? Like, I mean, there is a very, very, very strong, like, Christian audience. Mm. uh, And Candace Cameron Bure is in half of them. Yeah. (laughs) It's so many I was talking to. Because my stepdad, all he watches is Hallmark Channel. Like, it's just oh, right. on TV. I love it's just that. on TV the entire time because it's just like mindless, nice entertainment. Right. It's sweet, blah, blah, blah. Um, and so it's just constantly on, especially during the holidays. I go, I'm anticipating because I'm going to be home for two weeks. It's just Hallmark Christmas movies. What is that like? Like, do you, are any of them good? Like, it, do you enjoy it? Any? For the first week, you're like, all right, cool, cute, and everything. I don't really like sit down and watch them. But then yeah. by the second week, Especially after Christmas is over and those Christmas movies are still playing. Are they really? You, you, I slowly am driven into madness and it, <laughs> it becomes a lot. Um, but yeah, and so I, it's funny because I was talking about it with my friend Amanda last mm. Christmas and I was joking about how my stepdad is, you know, the Hallmark Channel is just kind of always on. Yeah. And, uh, She's talking and I was like, yeah, it's all my TV. It's all just either Candace Cameron Bure or Lacey Chabert, back and forth, back and forth. Get it, Lacey. (laughs) And and my friend Amanda was just like, yeah, I prefer the ones with Candace Cameron Bure. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, wait, you have an opinion about this? And she's like, well, yeah, everyone does. And I'm just like, wait, what? And she's like, yeah, like you either prefer Candace Cameron Bure, the Candace Cameron Bure ones or the Lacey Chabert ones. And and she's like, and I don't, for some reason, I don't like the Lacey Chabert ones. Why? I, love I have her. I have no idea. She's, she's not like, Gretchen Wiener. She, I don't know. She relates to Candace Cameron Bure as a, a leading lady more, I guess. I just feel like. She probably is just still angry at Lacey Chabert for being a mean girl. Well, I mean, she was 
she was mean, but she was also being someone. Regina was mean to her too. She was going through a lot. All right. It's honestly, Lacey Chabert is the most underrated performance in Mean Girls. Excellent, brilliant performance. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Absolutely iconic. Um, but yes, I think this is bullshit. Hallmark has so many people who champion them in their Christmas movies who are LGBT, and I mean, it's twenty, it's twenty nineteen. Even if you don't like agree with the lifestyle, it's like gay people exist, and if you're gonna make forty movies about Christmas and the holidays, you'd imagine there'd be like a fucking gay person who said something. How many? How them. many of these movies? have uh, leads that are people of color. Uh, I don't know that. I feel like it's that's, that's another statistic that's another that needs statistic uh, that I don't uh, know. Need to know. I assume there are more. I know that um, Ashanti was in one, but I don't know if that she was in the Lifetime ones or in the Hallmark ones because Ashanti was a lead in one. Kelly Rowland was a lead in one. Okay. Um, so they are, do get made, but I just don't know if they're on Hallmark or on Lifetime. They seem like a Lifetime crowd. Yeah. Yeah. Lifetime is a little more uh, uh, liberal. Oh gosh. <laughs> Lifetime's right. a little more progressive. Well, it seems like. Well, I've never been like a holiday bad movie watcher, anyways. But I guess if I'm ever going to do it I'll have to avoid Hallmark because as a gay black man if they're really anti-me then like I can't support them you know like maybe I know it's so interesting because my stepdad loves the Hallmark movies and he's like you know a a pretty progressive guy like you know he's cool with the gays he's cool with the non-white people there you go (laughs) so I'm just like Mike can't support this channel anymore you gotta tell him forward him the article his reaction will just be like Oh damn (laughs) (laughs) like oh man it's a very good stepdad impression (laughs) Um, so Harry Styles' new album apparently is going to open with huge sales next week, which can we believe? Good like for her, between four hundred twenty to four hundred forty thousand units sold slash streamed, whatever the you know uh, calculation is. And um, just so we're clear, I think that would make him the third highest debut of the year behind Taylor Swift and Post Malone. Oh damn! I know, and I wonder what it was because it's not like this album has hits on it. I guess it's just word of mouth, people saying it's good, mm-hmm. and obviously the One Direction machine and people behind him. That yes, are obviously still huge fans, but it's not like Zayn and Liam Payne are selling these. Well, I mean, his marketing team has been doing well. Like, I've he's been around. Like, that's I've true. Seen, I've seen him a lot this year, and he was on SNL. Was he hosting as well, or did he just perform? I. Well, I don't know. I, don't I would know. imagine he hosted because I feel like when people just perform, they don't do skits. Mm. And, and he was, in, he, was in, skits. he was definitely in some skits. Yeah. Um, no, but no, I feel like even uh, months before this album came out, like he was, I saw him in the ether. Yeah. More and so he, than like Zane. Or yeah. He was Liam. on the cover of Rolling Stone, I think before even his single dropped. It was like he, they've gotten something lined up really well for him. And I guess it's working. It's resonating with people. The only thing I've seen of Liam is that he released a song about being into bisexual girls and people were not happy about they that. They were not. Yes. No, his album is uh, poised. I think it debuted um, at number 133. Selling 6.1 thousand. Okay. So it's a big difference. Okay. Yes. Uh, <laughs> have you read the lyric, the lyrics for that? I did. And I it was, was like, like, ooh, these lyrics are rough. <laughs> I did. And I was like, this is not, this is not it. <laughs> it was very much like an old timey, like heterosexual male view of bisexuality and women. And it was just like, I like that she goes both ways because she can like hook up with girls with me. And it's like, uh. <laughs> it's like uh, this is very, we can dig a little deeper. Yeah, it's very dated. Like it's 2020. But like, I mean, hey, maybe the melody's great. I mean, I, I will never know <laughs> <laughs> if the melody's great. You might have to stand. I don't know that I will. I, know I feel you love like a melody. I do. But I feel like I heard strip that down or whatever. One of his songs that Ed Sheeran wrote. And I was like, Ooh, this is bad. Oh, no. <laughs> so I I, uh, yeah, I think I'm off the Liam, Liam train. He's I'm attractive. So yeah, you were very into Liam for, for a period of time. I find him to be attractive, but I feel like the more I learn about him, the less I find him attractive. Okay. Well, what are you going to do? What can you do? Um, so as we were talking about, the trailer for Lin-Manuel Miranda's In the Heights 
has finally been released into the world. So the ether, I just watched it myself. I've never seen In the Heights. I've never listened to the cash recording. You should listen to the cash recording. It's great. I kind of want to wait now to see the movie because I thought that trailer was excellent. It's an excellent trailer. I was so invested in it for a two and a half minute clip. I was like, am I going to cry? Well, I mean, of course, Lin-Manuel Miranda can literally get you excited about a cardboard box. That is true. He is just the most infectious celebrity on the planet. So literally everything he touches is exciting and thrilling. Um, The trailer's excellent. I know they, it's been said that they've changed a few things about the plot or that they've added some things. Uh I wonder if there is going to be a little more, especially living in these dark times we're living in now. uh, More more timely. Yeah, it could be a lot more timely, especially with the Latino community. Um, So I'm curious to see what is going on. I mean, I did not see In the Heights when it was on Broadway. Mm. I wanted to, and I just never got the chance. But I love the cast recording. Um, The end of Act 1 is just like, yes! (laughs) The end of Act 1 is like, god damn it. And that's Anthony Ramos? Uh, as the lead in the movie? Yes. Okay. He was in Hamilton. Yes. And, and he uh, also yeah. just put out an album. Oh. I haven't listened cool. to it, but I think he did. He's in uh, a Star is Born where he plays the uh, maybe gay friend. It was never oh, established. Right. Yes. I, thought, I assumed gay, but I We assumed gay, but then he was in, uh, like, uh, I remember we were, he was in a room where there were, like, girls giggling in the background. And it's like, is he having, like, a threesome with girls? I yeah, thought he was supposed to be odd. gay. <laughs> yeah. That was odd. Um, but I thought he looked like he was going to be excellent, and I felt like the dance sequences looked really great. None of them made me mad, like uh, La La Land. <laughs> okay. Okay. I did not sign up for a dragging of my dragging. favorite movie I, of the decade uh, here. So, I'm, I, if, this is gonna, if we're going to continue to go down this path, then maybe I'm just going to leave. Your favorite movie I'm, of the decade. Yes. That's shocking. Yes. Matt Steele. And I will defend it to the fucking death. Over Moonlight? Oh, La La Land, yes. I would put La La Land over Moonlight. I mean, barely. Moonlight's brilliant. It's so great. <laughs> Moonlight's excellent. La La Land is perfect. Oh, In every God. way, shape, and form. This is literally... Uh, things will never agree on it. Come at me. Come at me, Matt Palmer. Come it's at me, It's fucking trash. It's I, awful. I it's watched brilliant. it and it made my blood boil the first second it started. It's perfection. Everything about it is end. horrifying. From beginning to end. But maybe In the Heights will be better. Who knows? Maybe, I, clearly, maybe, in that, maybe In the Heights will be my favorite movie of the decade of the new decade. I care more about that trailer of In the Heights than I do about the movie La La Land. I Period. feel like we should give La La Land a revisit. I really <laughs> don't foresee that for us. And by us, I mean me. But, you know, best of luck on your journey. In happier, more whispery news, Uh (laughs) (laughs) Selena Gomez has unveiled the artwork, title, and track list for her upcoming album. She also put out like an album trailer. The album is called Rare. Ooh, I like that cover. I like that cover too, but people are like talking about how they don't like it. I think it's interesting because it's not like, you know, face on sexy shot of her or whatever. And it's just like... Yeah, no, I think it has a unique look. I, I like it. it has a very, I like the title. Yes, rare. the title's great. And also there were... Um, is it like, like uh, rare as in uncooked or rare as in unique, do you think? I think rare as in unique. Because there was a clip of the song Rare on the album trailer, which she released. And that song sounded great. And our buddy Justin Tranter wrote it with her. Oh, and, thank God. Um, keep working with her. Exactly. I feel like they have something magical and they should just keep it going. So... I'm excited about this. I think it's going to be excellent. It comes out on January 10th, I think. So I can't wait to hear it. I just, it's been so long. I, you know, Bad Liar was such a big song for me. And the previous album was so great. Is Bad Liar on the album? No, it's not. Okay. But, I mean, it did come out, I guess, years ago now. Yes, it came out in like 2017? Yeah, I think so. I think 2017. Damn. I know. It feels like yesterday. It really does. Uh, well, guys, Rare, the album review might be like our first 
video of two. I know in the new decade. So I'm excited for this. I think it's going to be really good. She says it's the most honest music she's ever made, and she can't wait for you to hear her heart. And we can pre-order it now, or just wait till it comes out on Spotify, which is what I will do. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so good for Selena. We love her. Do you under? I can skip this uh, thing if you don't understand it because I don't fully understand okay. it. Okay. Olivia Wilde responds to criticism about her uh, the comments on the reporter she played and Richard Jewell. Mm-hmm. Do you know what's happening here? Yes, in the movie Richard Jewell, she plays uh, the reporter who worked for the newspaper who kind of uh, spread. Uh, suspicion against this guy Richard Jewell. Do you know this whole story? It's like uh, the Atlanta, it's the Atlanta Journal Constitution that she works for, right? And she's like, mm-hmm. it's about the Olympic Park bombing. Yes. Okay. And how? And I think well, I didn't see Richard Jewell, and I honestly don't know much about this story. I'm gonna see Richard uh-huh. Jewell probably when I'm home. Um, this guy discovered a bomb in a park. Told everyone like is the one that alerted the people. Told everyone to evacuate, saved lives, and then this newspaper uh, kind of had some sort of suspicion that like. Oh, uh, maybe he was the one that planted mm. the bomb just and told everyone just so he could be a hero. Right. Um, so and she plays the person who I guess sort of either broke the story or right. had the idea for the story. I don't really know. Um, but apparently in the movie, uh, it shows her sleeping with someone for right. I don't I'm not sure about this. So, like, don't blame me if I'm wrong for like information or something or for for something. She it showed her sleeping to make the story move forward. We started right. sleeping with someone using her sexuality right. to get what she wanted. Um, and apparently this didn't happen in real life. Yeah. Uh, and so people are criticizing the movie for that, for painting her as just this right. like, slut who, yeah. you know, and also and I think she's passed away. So it's like, yeah, so she can't, this she woman can't, can't defend, defend herself, herself or say anything. And so Olivia Wilde is just sort of defending her choice to do the movie. With this statement. Okay. I mean, it doesn't seem like it's Olivia Wilde's fault, but it does seem like if you're going to be taking such creative liberties about a real person's life, you should make it very clear that, like, this has been dramatized for the sake of the movie or something. Mm. And I feel like the people that were closest to the uh, the real person that she plays in the film have come out and said, this is not her. This is not what she was. And uh, I don't know. I think that sucks. But I... I I don't know. I guess you don't know what's real and what's fake and what no one knows what everyone's secrets really are. But yeah. I wouldn't just go in and make up something if I had to fill in the blank. I think they're like fighting for a disclaimer in the beginning or the end of the movie saying that it's been sort of dramatized. for Which dramatic. also like why would the filmmakers be against that? That seems fine to me. Yeah, make I don't know. I don't know. I, I know of this story. I don't know enough of the details because mm. again, it's been a busy week. <laughs> I mean, hello, we're, we're going back home. We're yeah. going to back to the East Coast. So it's not easy. Um, exclusive sources. Uh, say that Amazon paid $25 million for the worldwide rights to a Peter Berg-directed documentary about Rihanna. The untitled documentary has been years in the making. Berg has been given exclusive access and unfiltered look into Rihanna's life. There's reportedly over 1,200 hours of footage, and it offers insight into Rihanna's personality, sense of humor, work ethic, her family, and relationships. Is she going to put out an album? <laughs> like, I feel like every Rihanna announcement, I'm like, and the album is coming when? Like... Uh, it's been soon. since 2016, right? Uh, anti out? was 2016. Yeah, wow. I want to say. I'm, I mean, I mean, I'm not even like a stan, but I think I would love to hear something. And I realized we were all spoiled with her release schedule for a long time, which was like every fall Rihanna's going to release an entire new album, yeah. <laughs> and that's aggressive. And I'm not asking for that, but I feel like 
four years is a while, girl. Like, I, we, I'm ready for the next Rihanna release. I, I mean, I love that you're doing your thing with makeup and books and, you know, documentaries and make your money and build an empire. We love that. But I'd like I'd like a bop or two. I mean, if I can ask. Just, I mean, she's she's wait, she's working on perfection. OK, you got to take your time. I really hope that it's perfection because it's yeah. been a while. It's, it's, if, if it's good enough, then it's worth the wait. All right. La La Land took years to make. Okay, well, <laughs> anyways, that uh, is actually our last news for Idiot Story. It was a short one. Today. Oh, my God. I know. Nothing's it's hell- the holidays. What, 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 what should we throw in there? Anything else? That, any other news stories you read? I mean, as about? far as Broadway news goes, there's the whole drama with Save Beetlejuice. Oh. I Have guess you not it, seen any of this? Uh, no, I just know that it's uh, <laughs> closing because they want to use the theater for something else. And for like, the Music Man. Oh, okay. Yes. Um, because this, it's at the Circle, not the Circle Square, no, it's at the Winter Garden Theater, which is a, a big theater, and it, that's sort of off... Uh, the main area of where most of the Broadway theaters are. So anything that goes in there has to be a big name draw. Mm. Um, And Beetlejuice, I guess was doing well at the box office, but then it started doing really, really well for the holiday ticket sales and it actually broke records, some sort of record. I'm not exactly sure what it is. Um, But then the producers were like, but we're closing the show to put Hugh Jackman in the Music Man mm. there, um, and we're not moving Beetlejuice to another Broadway theater because we, we don't think it'll uh, be as profitable at these other theaters. Because oh. maybe ticket sales were just great for around this time of year, and right. they weren't great for advanced sales for 2020. And maybe they thought that it'll do better touring. The show can make a lot of money having a life outside of Broadway. Right. Um, what are your What are your opinions on this? My opinions are, um, I'm excited for the Music Man. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing that uh, people are doing that I'm not a fan of is like they want to save Beetlejuice. They want to save Beetlejuice. I've never seen Beetlejuice. I don't know if it's good. I don't know if it's bad. What are you going to do? Um, so I really have no opinions on that. Of course, it sucks when people lose work. But like, you know, if these producers feel like it'll be more profitable on tour, then I, th- that works. I mean, it'll, it closes in the spring, I feel. Mm. So like it'll have been like a year run. Right. Um uh, so I, I don't know my opinions on that decision making, but a lot of people are taking this opportunity to trash the music man and I don't appreciate it. <laughs> I mean, I've already talked to you about La La Land this episode. I'm going to hold off and bite my tongue on my opinions about the music. Thank you. You're welcome. Because uh, we don't have, want to have too many bad Matt Palmer opinions. In I mean, podcast. they're not bad opinions. They're right. But they're objectively. Bad no, opinions. they're not. Objectively but bad opinions. Merry Christmas. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for the music man. I, I'm sorry to everyone involved who in Beetlejuice who are, again, it's obviously it's hard losing work um but it's a difficult industry i support everyone um yeah well great that, that, that skills running for president that's what's <laughs> <laughs> that's my extremely watered down wishy-washy opinion that's about, what it sounds about, like because <laughs> i don't know enough about it honestly right. i just know everyone is screaming about it on the broadway t- twitter sphere and wow. i'm just like all right guys <laughs> well i wish them all the best yeah. um we'll be back soon with more two game ads podcast Hey everybody, we are back and we are ready for some email action. Yes. Yes. So this is email my heart. This is the section where we take some of the emails that you guys sent us. These lovely emails. We've never gotten like a negative email. That's true. Like, Fuck I you feel guys, like, you gays. I feel like that's hell. an aggressive thing to do to like actively go and email someone something negative. It's so much easier to do as a YouTube comment. Yeah. Because yeah. like I have a mean thing to say. Let me just type it here. But like honestly, guys, if you're gonna go hard on us, like go hard and send a full email. 
Uh, <laughs> like YouTube can't like it, commit to it. I don't mean I don't need negative things in our emails. I don't know why you're asking for that. Yeah, but the YouTube comments are so easy. That's fine. You know? Dude, go take the easy if you want to hate, hate hard. Don't hate me. Hate Drag hard. me for my La La Land opinions, guys. Let's I do. Go. Send I me, do want that. Send me <laughs> these emails, and I'll send you a big, long, lengthy email back. I will not respond uh, to you. with with all of my points. Oh, God. <laughs> okay, so uh, you can be a part of email my heart if you email us at two gay mats two spell t w o at gmail dot com and. And uh, yeah, this one, first one is from Katrine. Uh, it says, Matt Palmer, if Matt Steele decided to cross over to the dark side and watch Housewives, who do you think he'd stand immediately? Well, we did have a, we, you did dip your toe in. I did. I watched an entire season. I watched season three of New York Housewives. And I feel like I will be in the room when he's watching. So I'll like right. pay attention. I'm just not following exactly what's happening. And right. I will form opinions about different housewives. Um, a lot of the penny opinions, I'm like, who do we like in this scenario? And Matt Palmer's like, this one, we hate this one. And so I'm like, okay, I guess I'll agree with you because I don't know what's happening. But I have a favorite housewife. Yes, he does. I stand with my whole heart, Miss Ramona, <laughs> which from New York housewife. It's insane because Ramona's a horrible, horrible Here person. Here is my opinion as to why Ramona is the best housewife. Oh, it is God. because she stands for everything the housewife is. The housewives are all about. She represents the series so well. Just stupid, <laughs> awful <laughs> drama for drama's sake, but is completely harmless. Like the is she? Harmless, she's like absolutely she, harmless. I, she, she goes, remember when she was on that bridge with Bethany saying she'd never get anything right? She'd never be friends. It's absolutely <laughs> the <laughs> definition of harmless, where she is just walking to Brooklyn on a bridge by foot, just insulting Bethany's dating choices, <laughs> just being offensive and ridiculous and annoying. And that's exactly what housewives should be. Like the Jersey housewives, it's like people went to jail. Like, yeah, that's Beverly, the thing. Like Beverly Hills housewives, like they, like one of the girls has been like killed herself and, and Kim has like an addiction problem. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's very serious. But Ramona is always just keeps it light, keeps it light, keeps it petty, keeps it lame, keeps it dramatic. She's hysterical. Come She's- on. She's She's hilarious. But she's hilarious in ways that she doesn't know she's being hilarious. She's not like a funny person. I know, but that's like she's so self unaware, but is so funny. She goes to Luann's party and she's like, I don't know why you could collaborate with Kodak. I mean, they're a little antiquated. (laughs) It was Jill's party. It was. Yeah, I thought it was Luann's. It was Jill's. Oh, I forgot that that happened. I, I mean, I guess he stands Ramona. <laughs> I feel like New York is a good starter place um, to watch the Housewives. I feel like it is very fun and no one dies. And uh, it's, yes, it's a lighter, fun area to start. Um, it's hard because I think Jersey you could like, but I agree for a long time. I didn't watch Jersey because I was like someone, it just seems like a show where someone could die. And that made me uncomfortable. And you're also with Jersey, you're very much like families involved. Yes. Like, it's like, that's really too much. Um, Atlanta is very fun. I, I, I would start with one of those three, I guess either um, Jersey, New York or Atlanta. But I guess New York worked for Matt Steele, so. Okay, I mean, we know you stand Jill, but like, is there a surprise housewife that you're, you stand? I, and I feel like, I, I apologize if Janie hears this, I've been looking back at old, there was like three seasons in the middle once Jill and Alex got fired, or Jill, Alex, and Kelly, and also Bethany had left the show where they brought in Carol Radziwill, Heather Thompson, and Aviva Drescher. Aviva was the one with the fake leg who threw it in that gif. Yeah, iconic. Uh, it's an iconic gif and a bad scene. It's like very... Obvious what she's doing. Anyways, yeah. uh, I miss. I actually miss Heather too. Heather is annoying in the, in so far as she always is like, "Hey, mama, what you doing, mama?" And she's just like, she's also her taglines all had holla in them. It's like you'll never find a girl like me, holla. 
And it's like I mean that tracks for anyone named Heather. I feel like Heather to me, and I feel like Heather is a name that you you have to pronounce as like Heather. 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 It is Heather. My name's Heather, and she she was a lot, but I do think she stood up to Bethany and like had was good in fights, and I don't know. She she told Beth, she just told Bethany to her face. I think you're a know it all. I think you just think you know everything, and like it's and she's like Bethany's like, well maybe I yeah maybe I do know it. It's just like not everyone at that point in Bethany's housewife's career could have come at her. And, and I, I imagine think. Ramona just bug eyed in the background, being like, what's going on? What's why is everyone going on? Come on guys, why can't we get along? No, I think at that point, I think Ramona had probably hated both of them, so I don't think she cared. Ramona's the one true queen. Obviously, I miss Jill and I miss Carol a lot too, but I would not be mad if Heather came back. I saw on Twitter some people dragging uh, Carol. Why? This week. I'm not, I'm not, they, they were just like, oh, well, Carol's annoying. Carol's annoying. And you should I was have like, it to me. I was like, oh, no. Carol's the queen. You would have gotten in there. You would have jumped I in there. And I would have. I don't fight about a lot of things, but I'll fight for Carol Rides <laughs> Okay, the next question is from our buddy Frankie. Frankie um, co-hosted a really fun podcast we were also on uh, called What About Your Friends? Check them out. Um, he also gave a, an intro as if we didn't know who he was. I it's know, like, hey, Frankie, like me. A, yes, we, Frankie, Frankie, you were on our po- my podcast a while back. It's like, yeah, Frankie, Frankie, Frankie we, we know. love you. We're, we're friends. friends. <laughs> we're buddies. Um, so, uh, Frankie, his question is: My first question is for Matt Steele. If you were producing Mariah's autobiographical Broadway play, what song would be the opening number, and what would be the closing performance slash encore? It's a great question. I was thinking. I I said in the um this this is a great question, and I racked my head. Uh, about it for yes. as I was getting my car fixed. Okay. Um, and I was thinking, I know in the podcast last week, I said looking in would be the end of act one, but now I'm just thinking, I'm just like, no, it, the show fucking opens with looking. Oh in. my God. Like, the curtain rises. You don't think that's a sad song to open with? It's the best way to open a Mariah autobiographical play. The curtain rises and just a spotlight. And Mariah <laughs> with a curly haired wig. I love it. It's <laughs> just just a singular spot. And Mariah's starring in this production, yes. Why not? Uh who else can handle it vocally? That's true. No Nobody. one else. Um and so uh she just sings looking in. And 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 then all of a sudden it jumps right into honey. And it's Pat and uh, Alfred Roy making love and conceiving Mariah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> to the song uh, honey. <laughs> I'm going to have to pass on this production. <laughs> but come on, looking in would be a beautiful That'd like be a lovely quiet movie. opening and then it just jumps into something like real slutty and hip hoppy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's the closing number? Oh, I don't know. What do you think the closing number should be? All I want for Christmas. <laughs> I was going to say all I want for Christmas is you. <laughs> no, that'll be like the curtain call. Osmo baby, fantasy. No, fantasy isn't a a closing. Well, she song, she meets say. Brian Tanaka. And then everything, they ride off into the sunset together. Uh, but I feel like fantasy is, I don't know. I just want to know where pedals it's going to fit in this guy. <laughs> I want to know where pedals, pedals, reprise, and pedals, reprise, reprise. Oh, is my gonna God. Because there's got to be, be three versions. This is going to be a very odd. <laughs> oh, if pedals is not in the Broadway production, I will I'll burn the theater down. Wow. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. So I don't know what the closing number is, but it's definitely opening, opening with looking in. Uh, second question is for Matt Palmer. If you were in charge of the collaborations on Mariah's next album, who would you like the legendary songbird to work with? Producers, singers, rappers. Who? Hmm, who? This is such a good question. Um, I think Mariah should work. Well, the thing is, it's hard because I feel like so many of my dreams came true production-wise on Caution. Like, I was very much about, like, No ID collaboration, the Skrillex stuff, which honestly I didn't even think of, but, like, turned out so great. And, um, 
you know, uh, Dev Hines, I would love for her to work with him again, even do something more in like a single area because mm-hmm. like something in like the Solange Losing You or in the uh, MKS genre, uh, I would love that. Uh, I was thinking I would, I still, obviously this may or may not happen vocally. I think Bruno Mars and she could really do something amazing oh, together. Do, have if they had together. like a ballad that they could really vocally go there on, I think that'd be really great. And I think he's a fan of hers. There's a great mashup of Shake It Off and um, that's what I like that I think they both heard. So that, that I think they both. Heard I think they both heard it. They're They're both Mariah, I think I'm pretty sure Mariah heard it because she tweeted it. Um, other producers, um, I love uh, Jeff Basker, who's kind of doing some of the um, Harry Styles record. I would love him on it. Um, what is that guy's name who I like? Who did a lot of melodrama and he used to date uh, Lena Dunham. Jack uh, Antonoff. He's not dating her anymore. No, they broke up. Oh, when? Uh, a year, year and a half ago. He's dating oh. some model now. So. I think yeah Uh, But yeah they're not together And I don't know I feel like Mariah obviously is not one For like a pop rock direction But I just feel like It'd be a cool idea Just to hear where she can go vocally And have songs With such song craft behind them That obviously she'll bring to the table And the production That just feels so big And like Almost 80s throwback-y That would be very fun for me Let's Let's have another 80s throwback Like another glitter You know I love another glitter And um I mean but also If she ever wanted to go Into like a dancier direction I think that'd be exciting too I just feel like Mariah at this point in her career She tried doing a dancey direction And you didn't like it With uh, a meteorite That's not (laughs) (laughs) It's not what I'm talking about So many of her dance remixes Are amazing Amazing and iconic. So there's a way to make some dancey album tracks. That would be great. So yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Andy Warhol says. <laughs> <laughs> I think there are many ways to go about it, but those are just some people that I think would be exciting and cool for her. Okay. I'd love to hear like her and Kelly collaborate on something. That like, would be great. I want her to go. I mean, I wanted her to go on the Kelly Clarkson TV show and sing All Over Christmas is You together this Christmas, but it doesn't look like that's happening. I just think like they could lyrically, I feel like they both would be interesting to like maybe Absolutely. write a song together. Absolutely. I think they could do it. Also, she and Janet. I feel like there's always been murmurs of them working together. It'd be very soft. Yeah. Where I would stand there, Janet would dance around her. Yes, it'd be great. <laughs> just I would like love in a it. circle. I would love it. <laughs> I did that once. Uh, I was in a production of Boys from Syracuse in college um, where I played a twin. And for one of the songs, um, one of the twins just like stood there and like sang the song while I just like danced around. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah, because I was cons- of me and uh, my friend Greg, uh, mm. Craig, we were the two twins. And he was like, I'm not a dancer. I'm not a dancer. I can't dance. So like they directed it where like I was the mo- the twin who moved and he was the twin who stood there. <laughs> I love it. Good for him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Matt Steele. Yes. What has been giving you moments this week? Okay. Darling? This is going to be the lamest giving you moments, but like, I think it's really great. Okay. Right. Um, I'm nervous. So this, I love binging full seasons of Project Runway when Matt Palmer's not in town for some reason. <laughs> okay. Um, and I haven't been able to do it in a while because for some, I had stopped at season 14 and I had never seen seasons 15 or 16 or beyond. Mm. And so for some reason in our old apartment, we couldn't watch season 15. Like season 15 was not working unless on I, the Hulu on the Hulu. Like it wouldn't work for some reason. Like you had to pay or sign up for something. And I was like, I'm not doing that. Not. <laughs> I'm not like changing the way. Like this is Matt Palmer's Apple TV. I'm not going to like sign up for something weird. Right. And so for, I was like, well, I guess this is it. This is how I die. Just ending at season 14. And for some reason I was like, we moved here and I was like, we're in a new space. Maybe th- by some Christmas miracle, it'll somehow work. It worked. Yeah. Like season 15 decided to start working. Like, and it was a lovely season. And I just binged the whole thing. <laughs> Wait, when? Uh, this, you were here. 
You, you didn't watch me this whole week. I've been watching season oh, fifteen of Project Runway. No, I've been either sick or working, and it's been a and I fin- and I finished. But yeah, it's just like I love Project Runway so much, and I don't care about fashion at all. Right. But like when I'm watching it, I do care about right. Fashion. It's, I mean, honestly, because <laughs> I suddenly feel like I know what I'm watching. It's just so impressive what they do. Like, oh, it's the incredible! Fact that you can do that. That's a talent that I just have no knowledge or ability for. And so it always blows me away. And really, you don't need any. It's a completely different talent from like, oh, I'm just a good designer. It's like they literally make you make clothes out of like radio parts. Like it's completely absurd. Like at this point, it's just Mm. so silly and it really isn't a barometer of fashion really because now it's just become so nuts but it's still such an entertaining show I love reality shows where they follow the same format over and over and you know what to expect like the top models and the project runways and the big brothers it's just you know what to expect in every season it's just the same thing with different characters oh and I had such a crush on one of the designers yeah did he win he didn't he got he made to the made it to the finals though his final collection made it yeah would would you have voted for him versus the other two people Honestly, well, it was four of them in the finale. And honestly, like, all their runway shows were, like, equally good, in my opinion. So, like, I really wouldn't have... And he was... And everyone was pretty... All the final four were pretty consistent throughout the season. So, like, I'm happy with the winner. But, like, I was, you know... I was crushing on my guy. His name's Rick. Rick? Rick. Oh, you said... You said I heard Reg. Yeah, (laughs) but I was... I wanted to say it dramatically and cutely. Like, Rick. Okay. (laughs) Rick. (laughs) So, Rick, if you're out there watching... Let's uh, let's get dinner. See, something. I go back and forth you on can shows. Shit on my clothes, <laughs> not like actually, but like you can oh, insult my clothes. Like, you can talk what? shit about my clothes. <laughs> what are you saying to the people? Yeah, you on don't the know. I, you don't right know. Now? I'm into that. I didn't, and I didn't need to know <laughs> ever. <laughs> I'm not into that, Rick. Don't worry. I'm, I'm into very normal things. I don't know that Rick is listening. I guess Rick, we can forward. Rick this is now. listening. I think he lives in LA. Does he? Yeah. All right. We're gonna find Rick. Rick Via is his name. All right. Yeah. I looked him up on Instagram after the season. Did you follow him? I did. Ah, (laughs) Trash. I did, but it was so frustrating because I didn't want to look him up until after the season was over because I was like, I don't want to be spoiled if he like wins or not. Right. So like I had to like wait to like, you know. Stalk him. Stalk him. Yeah. It's hard. Still looks cute. I uh, go back and forth on reality shows that have the exact same format. Like I've been watching The Bachelor, Bachelorette for years and years and years. And at this point I'm like. They gotta switch something up a little bit. Like there, sometimes it is wonderful and dynamic. Like when Hannah B was the Bachelorette, it was a, a lovely season just because she really could drive it and did a great job. But it's just, I just feel like you can see things coming from a mile away on that show sometimes. Yes, and, you can, and that's annoying to me. Like that's why the Vanderpump Rules of it all. It's like everything's a new twist, a new turn. You uh-huh. never know who's gonna have an STI next. It's exciting. It is very true, especially especially with like elimination reality shows. It's yes. like okay, this type of contestant is gonna survive yes. this week because like they always make it through like three weeks and then they're gone. Right. Or like or like you need this, a villain for the show, so they'll be here. For they'll a be while. here for a while. Or like this girl's not really showing much personality, so she'll be out second right. or third. Like. Like you, you know who they want to keep and who they don't. Right. It's very rare that you get like a huge shocker. Right. Um, but yeah, it's still entertaining. And it, for such a busy week, it was nice that I had my little mindless entertainment. Oh, wow. That's going to be and, my giving you moments, too. It's going to be my mindless uh, I love it. Did you also have a cute guy in yours that you had a crush on? No, mine was a video game. So <laughs> it would be weird <laughs> if I was like. Characters can be like attractive. And yeah, but I. I like, oh, Wreck-It Ralph. I would so date Wreck-It Ralph. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I. Uh. I don't know if anyone know, knew uh, or follows me on Instagram, but a few months ago, I decided to buy a Nintendo Switch. It has been a great purchase. I've enjoyed it. I've beaten many a Switch game. I am waiting to buy more Switch games. There's one on my uh, Christmas list that I'm hoping to get in our Secret Santa at home. But um, since I don't have any new games to play, I have been going back to, they have like 
the, the ability that you can play old Super Nintendo games and old Nintendo games on the Switch. And I've been going back to Zelda A Link to the Past. Mm-hmm. And it's just... It's just one of those games that, like, I really do believe that I've watched a playthrough of that game and cried. Because it's just like, this was my childhood. I know you're looking at me like I have three heads, but you just said that you would have sex with Record Ralph. So (laughs) (laughs) let's keep our judgments to (laughs) ourselves. But that game is truly just comfort food to me. And whenever I'm getting overwhelmed at work, knowing that I can come home and not even have to set a TV, but, like, be able to sit in my bed and play Zelda Link to the Past and, like, remind and find all of the hidden things that I found when I was a young child it just it just warms my heart it brings me joy oh my god I, I literally would be at work at night and being like it's okay in two hours I can go home and watch another episode of Project I Project. know sometimes it, especially around this time of year you need that you, you really need. do like it really is like this time of year like you really need yes. mindless entertainment because yes. there's just so much happening and you're exhausted and like we just moved and yes. we're like all the stress of this whole year is just like coming down and hitting yes. and we're getting ready for the new year it's you just need that moment of yeah of relaxation I agree and the Zelda I remember you sitting there and you being like oh this music's so fucking great and being like what <laughs> it is great I said how great the music was and then I turned it up for him and it's like of course on mini sound like dee, 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 dee. <laughs> but it was great that was my childhood soundtrack like it's it sounded nice. Sure. Thank yes. you. I'll give it that. It did not sound bad. Of course it didn't. It was lovely. Sure, but it I don't know how one really judges video game music. Well, does it move you? Uh, it never does. <laughs> <laughs> well, it moved me. Yeah. Um, so I guess that's it for this week. Do you have anything else to tell the people? Um, I I don't know. If you find uh, Rick, if you're listening, yes, Rick. Okay. I love your clothes. Um, my size, I'm a size uh, extra small in guys. Okay. Thank you guys so much for listening. And the next two podcasts in the upcoming weeks are just going to be kind of countdowns of my favorite songs of the year and Matt Steele's favorite films of the year, because you know, we're going to be away, but we want to give you guys something to listen to. If yeah. you need a respite, some mindless entertainment, we're happy to provide. The people want content. Yes. Content, content, Useless, content. silly content. Um, so I hope you find those and listen to those. And I hope, but I hope you guys have lovely holiday breaks and get a lot of rest and drink a lot of water and don't get sick like me. I'm a bad mm. example. Um, but we love you all all and we hope you've had a great 2019 and cheers to 2020 cheers to 2020 yes and we'll hear you next week with our countdowns bye guys bye